So in this episode of Behind the Bars podcast, Scott Harden, uh, AMA Hall of Famer, corporate executive for companies including KTM, Husqvarna, Zero Motorcycles, BMW, um, and now behind the Plus One movement to grow the motorcycle industry. Um, things we talk about, the more you ride, the longer you'll actually live. Uh, it was a very cool podcast. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Really cool guy and uh, certainly on the forefront of a, of a significant movement. Enjoy. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. Okay, and here we have Scott Harden. Scott is a uh, very well-known in the motorcycling community, but not maybe to everybody uh, that's our one of our listeners. And so, Scott, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? We're great. Uh, Scott, Mark, my co-host, is not with us today. He is uh, he is taking a vacation day, so it's just you and me today. But um, you know, do us a favor. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, rather than me try to recite your bio, which is um, every site that I've been on is two pages long. Go ahead and just give us the kind of the quick overview on uh, you know how you got into motorcycling and and some of the feats that you've uh, you've hit here. You feel it this morning? Uh, yeah, a little bit, just a little bit, you know, but I'm 62 years old now, so 
So two things, Scott. I'm surprised and maybe I missed it, but I didn't hear you say anything about being inducted into the uh, AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Did you say that? No, I didn't. I mean, that's one of the things I've been very blessed to, to have had a number of uh, great things happen such as that. I've also received the AMA Best Greenfield Award for, uh, uh, for Pioneering New Markets, the AMA Hazel Cole Award for you know, positively promoting the sport. I've been inducted into the Motorcycle Racing Association of Nevada Hall of Fame and a number of other accolades from various companies that I've worked for. Uh, so just really blessed with all of the personal recognition. And the Bessie, String, the, the Bessie uh, Stringfield Award, which is promotion of the, the motorcycling sport on a national level, which is uh, quite, quite, a, um, quite an award in itself. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, especially when you know who Bessie Stringfield was, Hazel Cole as well, Burp, two pioneering women motorcyclists. Uh, you know, just very honored to have anything named after them associated with me. And, um, you know, like I said, I've just, you know, I've done a lot of work in a lot of different areas over a large period of time and uh, just have been very, very fortunate. Yeah, that, that, that uh, award in itself, the Bessie Stringfield Award, the, for those of our listeners that, that are not uh, familiar, um, she was the first African-American woman to ride across the United States solo, I believe, um, and also a dispatcher for the U.S. Army um, on, on motorcycles during World War II. So quite, a, um, quite an award, but also um, the, the people that have been recognized um, in her name, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, you know, Scott, you mentioned, you know, promotion of the sport and you certainly have the accolades to show that is. So what are some of the things that you're, you know, you and I interacted and, and you said, you know, I, I asked you a question, you know, it was kind of a direct question, you know, so what do we do? What do we need to do to, to help grow the sport? And you said, you know, bring one person in, bring in, have each rider bring in one person. I love that. It's a very simplistic approach but it's extremely effective. So, I mean, is this working? Are the manufacturers getting on board of this? I know Harley's got its, you know, 10-year strategy. Tell me about what you're hearing in the marketplace with other manufacturers. Well, you know, my, 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 my mission is called Plus One, Plus One Rider, and it's very simple and very elementary. I mean, the MIC is doing programs with its ride program to try to promote the sport and bring new people into it. All the manufacturers are trying to daily basis. Harley has a goal to bring 2 million new riders in by 2020, I believe, something like that. They're aggressively pursuing it. Um, all these high-level um, programs and, and uh, different 
to go to a race, invite a friend who doesn't ride to come out and ride. You know, best of all, if you have property like I do, you know, I teach people to ride all the time. You know, let somebody who's never experienced a motorcycle give them a chance to experience it. You know, it's really a very, it's a numbers issue. There's, according to the current data, there's around 8 million motorcyclists in the U.S. right now, active motorcyclists. We need less than a 1% conversion rate to practically double motorcycle sales uh, in America right now. All you need is a 2% or 3% conversion rate, and we'd be doubling motorcycle sales in America. Mm-hmm. to have a huge impact. And I think that that's really, you know, I think that in combination with what other people are doing is really the key to it. And it's something fun to do, you know. It's something very fun to do. So I'm challenging all existing motorcyclists to think about it and, you know, find their uh, brother-in-law who doesn't ride or their neighbor across the street who doesn't ride. And think of ways to creatively and entertain and entertain fashion, expose them to what you do. You know, most people who ride work and at the cooler, they talk about what they did over the weekend, share your latest ride with somebody. You know, they, people understand that motorcyclists are very passionate. They understand that we really get something out of it, that we're not just thrill seekers or people with a death wish, that we really get more out of the sport than, uh, you know, than most other things. So that's what Plus One is about. I think if at a grassroots level, if we were to seriously take the heart, I think we'd have a huge impact. So how do we get new riders? How do we get, or how do we get Harley or or riders in general to to reach out and 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 uh, do this. I mean, what is it we need to do? We need to um, you know how do we get the word out to these folks that we need to do that? I think that's that's one of the questions that I have. Well, you know, I, I you know honestly, you know, everybody's marketing. Most of the current motorcycle companies are just marketing to people that are already motorcyclists. Know, need to change the way that we the industry needs to change the way that it's marketing it needs to do stuff outside of its core uh, communication channels to, to reach out to people that don't motorcycle that don't currently ride you know I, everybody talks about millennials what are we going to do about millennials and sometimes I wonder if millennials aren't already a lost generation of motorcycling you know frankly 
thing? How is this, by gauging them this, how is it going to make their life better? What's it going to change for them? And um, that's the real key to it, is how do you make that happen? And, you know, that's, I think, that's where I think that the individual motorcycle enthusiasts, the, the riders, the crop riders that are out there riding right now, really have an impact. So my co-host, Mark, who often asks a lot of um I'm not I'm not sure how to describe it. They're they're uh very touchy, uh feely good types of questions. Um would would probably want to know, well what what is it for you, Scott? What is what you know, how do you articulate for you you know, for people listening that have never ridden a motorcycle, what would you say is why you love motorcycling so much? And um, I have hundreds of stories like that from all over the 
Well, it's it's. I, a, And I love that. And I, I'll tell you, as a, another uh, a friend of ours, um, motorcycle cop, um, Jim Halverson, a great guy, he um, referenced uh, in, in, the, in our interview that being on a motorcycle as a motorcycle cop opens up the door for people to be able to visit. And, and that's one of the benefits of having a being on a motorcycle, that people are just more open to come over and talk with you which is kind of an interesting discussion in itself. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, certainly riding a motorcycle, you're you're in the movie and I've never thought of it like that and it's it's a great way to put it. Um, you know, no, you get you can smell what's going on around you. You feel temperature changes as you go up and down hills and you hit the low pockets, and you feel the cool air, you get up high and you feel the warmer air. I don't know, it's just a great experience all the way around. You know, and uh, Lonesome uh, uh, Gus uh, said that, uh, I'll never forget, he said there's no better feeling than riding, a, being mounted on a fresh horse riding into new country. <laughs> and uh, I would say that that's pretty much, uh, I know what he meant. Yeah. You know, my motorcycle has given me that opportunity to be mounted on a really fine steed and ride it into new country. So all the things you mentioned, you know, what, what kind of is interesting is all the items you just mentioned, none of them had to do with the sound or really the feel of the motorcycle. It was more environmental and what it does for your mind. I mean, which sort of, you know, segues into um, the whole zero motorcycle, electric, you know, motorcycle um, movement is, are we, do, we, do you feel, and obviously I know you're involved you know, with zero, but do you feel like this is going to be the next uh, large movement? I mean, is this the, you you know, you talked about leading the way with a, kind of a dual sport, um, you know, decades ago. Is this a new altogether movement, do you believe? Is it opening up a, a whole nother world or is this going to be mainly folks that are already interested in motorcycles are going to just acquire a, an, a, an electric motorcycle? Well, I think it's a much bigger step to take somebody from being a non-motorcyclist to a motorcyclist than it is from taking them to be an internal combustion motorcycle rider to an electric motorcycle rider. Uh, most of the people that ride zero motorcycles, and I'm no longer with the company on a daily basis, but most of what I spent six years in that area uh, come to it that are existing riders. They're already existing riders, so we we didn't bring a lot of new people all 
any kind of mass scale basis. Now, electric vehicles, cars and stuff and everything, they're already there. There's plenty of room and space and real estate, but plenty of batteries in those things to get the kind of ranges that you need for them to be truly functional. But aside from using them strictly as a daily commuter or strictly for very, very limited, go out for an hour or two on a Sunday afternoon type ride, they aren't very practical at this point. And that's the problem that they, the big, big challenge that electric motorcycles have. As far as what they do for you, the experience you get from them, they're just as good and in some ways more enjoyable than an internal combustion bike. And I really enjoy riding them and still enjoy riding them. They, they, they do, do satisfy on a lot of levels. And, and I think they just, the last hurdle to overcome is energy density range recharge times and then hopefully the, the, the cost will will drop down to where they aren't at a you know very premium price and what's the what do you think of the you know how many miles do you think that they have to go on a normal be able to ride not full out but I mean what's the range anxiety that you think people have to it has to go a certain you know distance before I think you need to be able to go at least 200 miles on a charge Right now, they're advertising that in the city. You know, I think Zero's advertising that if you ride it at their uh, prescribed uh, uh, the range uh, for in, in the city. You can get up close to that with the stock bike. But again, in reality, if you take it out and just ride it every weekend and then take it on a ride with your friends and stuff, you're not going to get anywhere close to that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I really think you have to have a Interesting. Now, there's some ways that you can do that. You know, there's direct charging, there's DC charging, and different features like Tesla and Nissan use that could get you to that. But then you have to have those types of charge locations available to you, know, and the manufacturers have to plan for that. And there's additional cost with putting that as a feature on the bike. Um, the regular charging stations here around town, the level two, the J 1372 charge infrastructure. You know, those charge at a maximum, or I don't know, I think it's around 6.4, 6.8 kilowatts per hour. You know, uh, you take advantage of those at 6.8 or kilowatts per hour. If you have 16 kilowatts of energy, you have like a zero does right now. Well, there's almost three hours to recharge that even under those conditions. Hmm. So I think 200 miles range, and, you know, you have to in under an hour's time, something under an hour's time, you're going to have to be able to put back 30, 40, 50% of the energy back into it before it really makes sense. And then they're going to have to be price competitive too. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any of these bikes in your fleet? Yeah. Do you, do you have any of these bikes in your fleet, Scott? Not currently. Not currently. <laughs> My current fleet exists of a KTM 1190 Adventure. Uh, a brand new 2018 Husqvarna FE501 for dual sport rides, and then a Husqvarna FX450 for motocross and cross country. So I've got a perfect moto competition bike, a perfect dual sport, and a perfect adventure. 
And Husqvarna, back to your roots. Well, back to my roots. I mean, I've got a soft spot for them. And, uh, I've got staff good relationship with the people there at KTM. And, uh, you know, was a big part of both of those companies for a long time. So I'm, obviously they have a, a soft spot in my heart for both of those brands. Of course. Of course, they all, they all have... Uh, they all have, you know, something pretty incredible to offer to, to riders. Um, they do. It's, they do. It's the, the product is, in my opinion, um, I mean, it's it's quite amazing across the board. And, uh, of course, you know, we, you know we're, we're big fans of Harley-Davidson, but um, they're Milwaukee 8s. I'm not sure if you've ridden any of the Milwaukee 8 engines, the new Softtails, but absolutely incredible bike. And uh, a lot of folks yeah. trading off of touring motorcycles onto soft tails, which, which is surprising to me. Um, of course, when you ride the product, you realize it, but it's just a, an interesting um, move for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, the manufacturer's doing a great job building really good bikes right now. Everybody is. I mean, there's never been a better time to be a motorcyclist. You have all these choices, electric, great stuff from Harley, great stuff from the Europeans. Japanese are stepping up. I mean, you know, that's why, but the, the sad truth is, That's one more reason to uh, for folks out there to, to implement this plus one if they want to see the motorcycling industry continue to grow. Um, and, uh, you know, you're doing a great job, obviously, Scott, getting a lot of recognition out there in the motorcycling world, uh, seeing your name in every publication that I know I read. And uh, we appreciate that sincerely for everything that you're doing and everything, the push that you're you're putting out there to get people to, to bring bring a friend into the motorcycle you know, world and enjoy what you referenced, which is that true freedom that we all know and, and love. Yeah, no, it's, you know, what's not to like about it? I mean, it's just hard not, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot worse things you could do with your life but go around and talk around motorcycles. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, we appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. And uh, um, we will wrap this one up and um, look forward to uh, visiting, you know, some time from now to see how this, you know, plus one movement is going. Thank you.
we appreciate that, Scott. We hope uh, we hope it's a good. I know that those uh, those are always well attended. So I hope hope people are uh, the weather's great and people show up and you have a, a ton of a ton of enthusiasm. Thank you, Scott, very much. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.